All right, day 12, Americans held hostage behind enemy lines at the whims of the terrorist group, the Taliban. Um, uh, President Biden is to speak. We now have been able to confirm the Pentagon has confirmed completely uh, the deadliest day for U.S. troops in Afghanistan in a decade. Twelve service members confirmed dead, 15 injured, over 50 people murdered total. And these suicide bombings that took place at Karzai International Airport. Uh, we do know that Joe Biden had made the statement that if, in fact, anything happens to a single American, that the response would be swift and sure, et cetera, et cetera. But we've yet to, you know, we'll see what happens. He said any attack on our forces will be met with swift and a forceful response. He also said that, no, it's no, no way is it inevitable that the Taliban's going to take over. Meanwhile, he said this in July after they'd taken over two thirds of the country. How they didn't see this coming is is the greatest sin in all of this and how all of this could have been prevented. We saw the Taliban on the march. We, we th- this this was the difference. Now, we've had Mike Pompeo on the program today. If you're just joining us, you missed him. You missed Mark Meadows. And both of them described in great detail Donald Trump's plan for withdrawal, which got delayed from 2017, which he wanted to do immediately. But once he understood the conditions on the ground, they did it in a more systematic way. And the conversations were frequent and everything was predicated on an overwhelming threat that Donald Trump made directly to the Taliban himself numerous times. And I've now confirmed just today again on this program with former Secretary of State, former CIA Director Mike Pompeo, and with former Chief of Staff Mark Meadows. And I've confirmed it with President Trump himself. He'll call into Hannity tonight. He'll be on the show and join us as part of our coverage tonight. We're still awaiting Joe Biden's presser. He's supposed to speak We've yet to hear anything from the White House on the confirmed deaths of our fellow American servicemen and women and 15 injured. The deadliest day uh, for U.S. troops in Afghanistan in a decade. I'm not sure what he's going to say. But what we knew about the Trump plan, that there was a lot of factors. The most important was the threat of obliteration. You saw what we did to Baghdadi. You saw what we did to Soleimani. You saw what we did to the caliphate. That's nothing compared to what I will do to you. And Mike Pompeo even confirming that at times when they felt the Taliban were not living up to every aspect of what they said they would live up to, there were military consequences that were immediate, which it didn't get much reporting. It was conditions-based. It was outside of what they call the fighting season. There is a season. I know it sounds weird to people, but there is. Um, It also included America maintaining its presence and control of Bagram Air Force Base. Why we ever gave that up, I don't know. How Joe Biden, you know, all my, all all the sources I have, and there are many of them, are confirming this is not an intelligence failure. The intelligence community got this right. Their assessments were right. The warnings and admonitions were very straightforward on a regular basis about what was happening on the ground in Afghanistan with the Taliban on the march. That's what makes this, you know, it it, it makes this all so preventable. 
And um, anyway, so we'll wait to see and hear what Biden has to say. And and here's where we find ourselves. This is Joe Biden telling everybody any attack on our forces. This is he said this. We met with a swift and forceful response. Let's see if he says that again today. Listen, we're in constant contact with the Taliban, working to ensure civilians have safe passage to the airport. And we, we, we made clear to the Taliban that any attack, any attack on our forces or disruption of our operations at the airport will be met with swift and forceful response. We're also keeping a close watch on any potential terrorist threat at or around the airport, including from the ISIS affiliates in Afghanistan who were released from prison when the prisons were emptied. Remember when he was on with George Stephanopoulos in that extremely bizarre interview? Well, no one's being killed right now in Afghanistan. Still a lot of pandemonium outside the airport. Well, there is, but look, but no one's being killed right now. God forgive me if I'm wrong about that, but no one's being killed right now. No one's being killed. Remember, the key words were right now. Now, he made a big deal that we had control of the airport, but the Taliban had control of the perimeter of the airport. I haven't heard of any cases. We've been chronicling. People have been calling, saying they're stranded, contradicting both Biden and Jen Psaki. We're told by people that were briefed yesterday in the room that got the briefing that that are saying that what they were told directly contradicts what Biden and Jen Psaki are telling the American people. Basically, that they're lying to you, that they've not been truthful. They've not been forthright. They've not told the American people the truth the whole time as it relates to this. You know, there's one Sky News report, the Italian military plane fired on as it was leaving Kabul airport. That was a situation we've been following. You know, the Taliban and ISIS are competing terror groups. And then there's Al Qaeda. Jennifer Griffin reported on that. And now all, you know, all roads to the airport are shut down. And then we got members of the State Department lecturing the American people that they made the mistake here. Well, why didn't you get out earlier? We told you to get out early. What, what do you mean you told? You told people, make we might want to make your way to the airport, but we can't guarantee your safe passage. A story by this, there's groups of former special ops people that have done everything on, that they can possibly do uniting themselves. And one was 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 interviewed by the New York Post. He said, well, what's it like to get somebody past the gates at Hamid Karzai International Airport? He goes on to explain that people think it's like signing in your girlfriend when you lived in the barracks. He said, no, it's not like that. It's not that simple. It's more like trying to pick up someone that doesn't speak your language out of a crowd at an effing death metal concert at Mar- Madison Square Garden, and it's at triple capacity, and only one door is open, and the place is on fire. That's how that was described. That was the front cover of the New York Post today. You know, and um, you know, former Ar- Army Ranger who served in Afghanistan, volunteer evacuating Afghan allies. He's made it out, with, and he's saved some lives in the process. And, uh, you know, goes on to say that I've deployed 15 times, and this is the worst living and working conditions I've seen for U.S. troops. I'm a little used to this kind of work, unlike many Marines and other service members who are having to 
set, you know, sentence these Afghans, they tell someone, hey, you can't come in. And it's like telling the person there, you're going to die. These kids, the Marines and soldiers are worn the F out, he went on to say. Can you imagine that? Uh, this is somebody who's been there 15 times telling us the, what, what the situation is really like on the ground. One former translator for a high-ranking U.S. Army ranger in Afghanistan told Fox News that the Taliban had begun publicly executing allies of the U.S. and provinces away from the media attention to Kabul. Well, we gave them a list of every single Afghan that we wanted escorted to the airport. We gave it to the Taliban. We might as well have just signed their death certificate because they've already been going door to door and behind closed doors. The interp this interpreter is saying, warning that it's already happening, that they're publicly executing allies. They're just not doing it in front of cameras yet. Another former Afghan interpreter says the Taliban is hunting down, killing U.S. allies. I don't know what these briefings are talking about because they don't match reality. Then they're, they're not doing really bad stuff in Kabul now because there's a lot of media focus, but they've already the already started the public execution in other provinces where a lot of media is not available or not covering it. They started hunting down people in other provinces and they just executed that police officer yesterday and did public hangings of four officers last week. They're retaliating against anybody who sided with the U.S. And now the U.S. is leaving them all behind. Well, well not only leaving them behind. Remember, they control the Taliban controls the perimeter. They're controlling anyone that even has a shot of getting into Karzai International Airport. Not that that's safe anymore in light of the events of today. I commanded Afghan troops this year. We were betrayed. Lieutenant General Sami Sadat commanded the Afghan Army's 215 Corps in southwestern Afghanistan. Before that, he served as a senior director in Afghan's National Intelligence Agency. Graduate Defense uh, Academy of the UK holds a master's degree from King's College London. And he says, no, we were betrayed. Talking about by the United States. You know, I commanded Afghan troops this year. We were betrayed for the past three and a half months. I fought day and night nonstop in southern Afghanistan's uh, he names a specific province province that he was at, which is Helmand province against the escalating and bloody Taliban offensive. I'm exhausted. I'm frustrated. I'm angry. It's true. The Afghan army lost its will to fight. But that's because of gro the growing sense of abandonment by our American partners and the disrespect and disloyalty reflected in Mr. Biden's tone and words over the past few months. The Afghan army is not without blame. It had problems, but that's how that's their side of the story. If you're interested. Not one. No one left behind. Chairman James or Vidalis uh, apparently is saying, well, that's not what we're hearing. As of right now, the reports are that nobody is getting into the airport in light of the suicide bombings today. I mean, it's um, but then you have and you have these oblivious people in the mob and the media complaining. This is a media manufactured Biden Afghanistan crisis. <laughs> it's not manufactured. Tell that to the troops that died in the deadliest day in, of killing of Americans in 10 years. Tell that to them today. There is a desperate Afghan Christians are being turned away at the airport, according to one aid group. 
You have this this car bomb. These car bomb threats now continue after what happened this morning. They're saying evacuation will end this is hours ago and in, in about 30 hours from now. A Canadian imam is urging support for the Taliban, calling Jews, Christians, our enemies. A lot of love in the world. Um, report that 100 Afghans are seeking resettlement in the U.S. have been flagged by terrorism watch list. Wow. Embassy warning Americans to avoid Kabul airport gates even at this hour. Congressman Comer re- uh, requests briefing on the vetting process for these refugees. You got 100 of them on the terror watch list. That's a problem. Until they can be fully vetted. No, you can bring them here or elsewhere, but you can't release them in the country till we know who they are. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. I, I have no faith that Joe Biden's even going to make it to this press conference. He's already 20 minutes late. Quick break. Right back. We'll continue. Entertaining Americans coast to coast. Sean Hannity is on right now. Portions of the following program were pre-recorded. And let me jump in. We have some breaking news. Joe Biden making his way to the podium uh, for stations along the Sean Hannity Show network. Uh, We will be continuing our coverage through the upcoming break at uh, the bottom of this half hour. Uh, if you want to stay with us for full coverage, we go to the President of the United States. US service members. This evening in Kabul, as you all know, terrorists attacked that we've been talking about and worried about, that the intelligence community has assessed, uh, has undertaken <clears throat> an attack by a group known as ISIS-K, took the lives of American service members, standing guard at the airport, and wounded several others seriously. He had also wounded a number of civilians, and civilians were killed as well. I've been engaged all day in constant contact with the military commanders here in Washington and the Pentagon as well as in Afghanistan and uh, Doha. And uh, my commanders here in Washington in the field have been on this with great detail, and you've had a chance to speak to some so far. The situation on the ground is still evolving, and I'm constantly being updated. These American service members who gave their lives, it's an overused word, but it's totally appropriate here, were heroes. Heroes who've been engaged in a dangerous, selfless mission to save the lives of others. They're a part of an airlift, an evacuation effort unlike any scene in history, with more than 100,000 American citizens American partners, Afghans who helped us, and others taken to safety in the last 11 days. Just in the last 12 hours or so, another 7,000 have gotten out. 
They were part of the bravest, most capable, the most selfless military on the face of the earth. And they're part of simply what I call the backbone of America. They're the spine of America, the best the country has to offer. Jill and I, our hearts ache, like I'm sure all of you do as well, for all those Afghan families who lost loved ones, including small children, or been wounded with this vicious attack. And we're outraged as well as heartbroken. <clears throat> Being the father of an Army major who served for a year in Iraq and before that was in Kosovo as a U.S. attorney for the better part of six months in the middle of a war. When he came home after a year in, a, in Iraq, he was diagnosed, like many, many coming home, with an aggressive and lethal cancer of the brain, who we lost. We have some sense, like many of you do, what the families of these brave heroes are feeling today. You get this feeling like you're being sucked into a black hole in the middle of your chest. There's no way out. My heart aches for you. But I know this. We have a continuing obligation, <clears throat> a sacred obligation to all of you, the families of those heroes. That obligation is not temporary. It lasts forever. The lives we lost today were lives given in the service of liberty, the service of security, and the service of others, in the service of America, like their fellow brothers and sisters in arms who died defending our vision and our values in the struggle against terrorism. Of the fall on this day, they're part of a great and noble company of American heroes. To those who carried out this attack, as well as anyone who wishes America harm, know this, we will not forgive. We will not forget. We will hunt you down and make you pay. I will defend our interests and our people with every measure at my command. Over the past few weeks, <clears throat> I know you're, many of you are probably tired of hearing me say it, we've been made aware by our intelligence community that the ISIS-K, an arch enemy of the Taliban, people who were freed when both those prisons were opened, has been planning a complex set of attacks on the United States personnel and others. This is why, from the outset, I've repeatedly said this mission was extraordinarily dangerous and on why I've been so determined to limit the duration of this mission. As General McKenzie said, this is why our mission was designed, this is the way it was designed to operate. Operate under severe stress and attack. We've known that from the beginning. And as I've been in constant contact with our senior military leaders, and I mean constant, round the clock, and our commanders on the ground throughout the day, 
They made it clear that we can and we must complete this mission, and we will. And that's what I've ordered them to do. We will not be deterred by terrorists. We will not let them stop our mission. We will continue the evacuation. I've also ordered my commanders to develop operational plans to strike ISIS-K assets, leadership, and facilities. We will respond with force and precision at our time, at the place we choose, in the moment of our choosing. Here's what you need to know. These ISIS terrorists will not win. We will rescue the Americans who are there. We will get our Afghan allies out. And our mission will go on. America will not be intimidated. And I have the utmost confidence in our brave service members who continue to execute this mission with courage and honor to save lives and get Americans, our partners, our Afghan allies out of Afghanistan. Every day when I talk to our commanders, I ask them what they need. What more do they need, if anything, to get the job done? As they will tell you, I granted every request. I re reiterated them today on three occasions that they should take the maximum steps necessary to protect our forces on the ground in Kabul. And I also want to thank the Secretary of Defense and the military leadership of the Pentagon and all the commanders in the field. There has been complete unanimity from every commander on the objectives of this mission and the best way to achieve those objectives. Those who have served through the ages have drawn inspiration from the book of Isaiah, when the Lord says, whom shall I send? Who shall go for us? American military has been answering for a long time. Here I am, Lord, send me. Here I am, send me. Each one of these women and men of our armed forces are the heirs of that tradition of sacrifice, of volunteering to go in harm's way, to risk everything, not for glory, not for profit, but to defend what we love and the people we love. And I ask that you join me now in a moment of silence for all those in uniform and out, uniform, military and civilian, who've given the last full measure of devotion. Thank you. May God bless you all, and may God protect his troops and all those standing watch for America. We have so much to do. It's within our capacity to do it. We just have to remain steadfast. Steadfast. We will complete our mission, and we will continue after our troops have withdrawn to find means by which we can find any American who wishes to get out of Afghanistan. We will find them and we will get them out. Ladies and gentlemen, I gave me a list here. The first person I was instructed to call on was Kelly O'Donnell of NBC. You have said leaving 
Afghanistan is in the national interest of the United States. After today's attack, do you believe you will authorize additional forces to respond to that attack inside Afghanistan? And are you, are you prepared to add additional forces to protect those Americans who remain on the ground carrying out the evacuation operation? I've instructed the military, whatever they need, if they need additional force, I will grant it. But the military from the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, the Joint Chiefs, the commanders in the field have all contacted me one way or another, usually by letter, saying they subscribe to the mission as designed to get as many people out as we can within the time frame that is allotted. That is the best way they believe to get as many Americans out as possible and others. And with regard to finding, tracking down the ISIS leaders who ordered this, we have some reason to believe we know who they are, not certain, and we will find ways of our choosing without large military operations to get them, wherever they are. Um, Trevor, Reuters. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, there's been some criticism, uh, even from people in your party, about the dependence on the Taliban to secure the perimeter of the airport. Do you, do you feel like there was a, a mistake uh, made in that regard? No, I, I don't. Look, um, I think General McKenzie handled this question very well. The fact is that we're in a situation, we inherited a situation, particularly since, as we all know, that the Afghan military collapsed 11 days before, in 11 days, that it is in the interest of, as McKenzie said, in the interest of the Taliban, that, in fact, ISIS-K does not metastasize beyond what it is, number one. And number two, it's in their interest that we are able to leave on time, on target. And as a consequence of that, the major things we've asked them, moving back the perimeter, giving more space between the wall, stopping vehicles from coming through, et cetera, searching people coming through. It is not what you'd call a tightly commanded, regimented operation like the U.S. is, the military is, but they're acting in their interest, their interest. And so, by and large, and I've asked the same question, to military on the ground, whether or not it's a useful exercise. No one trusts them. We're just counting on their self-interest to continue to generate their activities. And it's in their self-interest that we leave when we said and that we get as many people out as we can 
Like I said, even in the midst of everything that happened today, over 7,000 people we've gotten out, over 5,000 Americans over. So uh, it's not a matter of trust. It's a matter of mutual self-interest. And uh, but there is no evidence thus far that I've been given as a consequence by any of our commanders in the field that there has been collusion between the Taliban and ISIS in carrying out what happened today, both in front of the hotel and what is expected to continue for uh, beyond today. Um, Amir, Associated Press. Oh, th thank you, Mr. President. You have spoken, um, again, powerfully about uh, your own son and the weight of these decisions. With that in mind, and also what you've said, um, that the longer we stay, the more likelihood that there would be a major attack. How do you weigh staying even one more day, considering what's happened? Because I think what America says matters. What we say we're going to do in the context in which we say we're going to do it, that we do it, unless something exceptional changes. There are additional American citizens. There are additional green card holders. There are additional personnel of our allies. There are additional SIV cardholders. There are additional Afghans that have helped us. And there are additional groups of individuals that have been contacted us from women's groups to NGOs and others who have expressly indicated they want to get out and have gathered in certain circumstances in groups on buses and other means that still presents the opportunity for in the next several days between now and the 31st to be able to get them out and our military and i believe to the extent that we can do that knowing the threat, knowing that we may very well have another attack, the military has concluded that's what we should do. I think they're right. I think they're correct. And after that, we're going to be in a uh, circumstance where there are, will be, I believe, numerous opportunities to continue to provide access for additional persons to get out of Afghanistan, either through means that we provide and or are provided through in cooperation with the Taliban. They're not good guys, the Taliban. We're not suggesting that at all. But they have keen interest. As many of you have been reporting, they very much would like to figure out how to keep the airport open. They don't have the capacity to do it. They very much are trying to figure out whether or not they can uh, maintain 
what is the portion of an economy that has become not robust, but fundamentally different than it had been. And so there's a lot of reasons why they have reached out, not just to us, but to others, as to why it would be continued in their interest to get more of the personnel we want to get out, we can locate them. Now, there's not many left that we can assess that are, want to come out. There's some Americans we've identified, we've contacted the vast majority of them, not all of them, who don't want to leave because they have they're dual nationals, they have extended families, etc. And there's others who uh, are looking for the time. So that's why we continue. I'll take a few more questions, and uh, but you, sir. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, you, uh, you say that what America says matters. Um, what do you say to the Afghans who helped tr troops um, who may not be able to get out by August 31st? What, I say we're going to continue to try to get you out. It matters. Look, I know of no conflict as a student of history, no conflict where when a war was ending, one side was able to guarantee that everyone they wanted to be extracted from that country would get out. And think about it, folks. I think it's important. For, I know the American people get this in their gut. There are, I would argue, millions of Afghani citizens who are not Taliban, who did not actively cooperate with us as SIVs, who have given a chance, they'd be on board a plane tomorrow. It sounds ridiculous, but the vast majority of people in communities like that want to come to America, given a choice. So getting every single person out is, can't be guaranteed by anybody because there's a determination all who wants to get out as well. At any rate, it's a process. I was really pointing to you, but you, sir. Um, thank you, Mr. President. There are reports that U.S. officials provided the Taliban with names of Americans and Afghan officials uh, to evacuate. Were you aware of that? Did that happen? And then, sir, did you personally reject a recommendation to hold or to recapture Bagram Air Force Base? Here's what I've done on the, let's ask this, answer the last question first. On the tactical questions of how to conduct an evacuation or a war, I gather up all the major military personnel that are in Afghanistan, the commanders, as well as the Pentagon. And I ask for their best military judgment. What would be the most efficient way to accomplish the mission. Stations along the Sean Hannity Show Network, we will stay with this incoherent, mumbling and bumbling, embarrassing, uh, coma-like Biden presser. The military. That Bagram was not much value added. That it was much wiser to focus on Kabul. And so I followed that recommendation. With regard to, there are certain circumstances 
where we've gotten information and quite frankly, sometimes from some of you saying, you know, of such and such a group of people are trying to get out and they're on a bus they're moving from other people. And this is their location. And there have been occasions when our military has contacted their military counterparts in the Taliban and said this, for example, this bus is coming through with X number of people on it, made up of the following group of people. We want you to let that bus or that group through. So, yes, there have been occasions like that. And to the best of my knowledge, in those cases, the bulk of that has occurred. They've been let through. But I can't tell you with any certitude that there's actually been a list of names. I know there may have been, but I know of no circumstance. It doesn't mean it's not didn't exist. That here's the names of 12 people. They're coming. Let them through. It could very well have happened. I'll take one more question. Wait, 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 wait. Let me take the one question from the most interesting guy that I know in the press. That's you. Mr. President, there had not been a U.S. service member killed in combat in Afghanistan since February of 2020. You set a deadline, you pulled troops out, you sent troops back in, and now 12 Marines are dead. You said the buck stops with you. Do you bear any responsibility for the way that things have unfolded in the last two weeks? I bear responsibility for fundamentally all that's happened of late. But here's the deal. You know, I wish you'd one day say these things. You know, as well as I do, that a former president made a deal with the Taliban that he would get all American forces out of Afghanistan by May 1. In return, the commitment was made, and that was a year before. In return, he was given a commitment that the Taliban would continue to attack others but would not attack any American forces. Remember that? I'm, I'm being serious. I, no, I, I'm asking you a question. Because before... No, 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 wait a minute. I'm asking you a question. Is that, is that accurate, the best of you or not? What? Do you think that people have an issue with pulling out of Afghanistan or just the way that things have happened? I think they have an issue that people are likely to get hurt. Some, as we've seen, have gotten killed. And that it is messy. The reason why, whether my friend will acknowledge it, or has reported it, the reason why there were no attacks on Americans, as you said, from the date until I came into office, was because the commitment was made by President Trump, I will be out by May 1st. In the meantime, you agree not to attack any Americans. That was the deal. That's why no American was attacked. And you said, uh, a few days ago, you said you squarely stand by your decision to pull out. Yes, I do. Because look at it this way, folks. And I'm going to, I have another meeting for real. But imagine where we'd be if I had indicated on May the 1st, I was not going to renegotiate an evacuation date. We were going to stay there. 
I'd have only one alternative, pour thousands of more troops back into Afghanistan to fight a war that we had already won relative to why the reason we went in the first place. I have never been of the view that we should be sacrificing American lives to try to establish a democratic government in Afghanistan, a country that has never once in its entire history been a united country and is made up, I don't mean this in a derogatory, made up of different tribes who have never, ever, ever gotten along with one another. And so, as I said before, this is the last comment I'll make. We'll have more chance to talk about this, unfortunately, beyond, because we're not out yet. If Osama bin Laden, as well as al-Qaeda, had chosen to launch an attack when they left Saudi Arabia out of Yemen, would we have ever gone to Afghanistan? Even though the Taliban completely controlled Afghanistan at the time, would we have ever gone? I know it's not fair to ask you questions, it's rhetorical, but raise your hand if you think we should have gone and given up thousands of lives and tens of thousands of wounded. Our interest in going was to prevent al-Qaeda from reemerging, first to get bin Laden, wipe out al-Qaeda in Afghanistan, prevent that from happening again. As I've said a hundred times, terrorism is metastasized around the world. We have greater threats coming out of other countries, a heck of a lot closer to the United States. We don't have military encampments there. We don't keep people there. We have over the horizon capability to keep them from going after us. Ladies and gentlemen, it was time to end a 20-year war. Thank you so much. All right, Joe Biden, I... Um I'm a bit stunned. He just admitted he's going to be leaving Americans behind and that he will work through diplomatic and other channels echoing the remarks of his secretary of state yesterday. Uh, Probably the most incoherent, mumbling, bumbling, embarrassing press conference that I've ever seen or ever thought I would ever see from a United States president. But I, yeah, I, I bear some responsibility. I stand by my decision. We just had Mike Pompeo on. We just had Mark Meadows on. The Trump plan that prevented killings for, what, 18 months was based on the threat of obliterations, conditions based on the ground, not in the fighting season, and keeping control of Bagram Air Force Base. So that's a lie, nor did he keep energy independence or secure borders either. So it, 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 I just I, I don't even understand what he's saying. Stands by his decision is not going to send any more troops in. Made it very, very clear that this this date is locked in solid and that every American that doesn't get out by next Tuesday, today's Thursday, probably really by the latest, latest, latest Monday. And I'm pushing it. That's not what people 
in the intel community, in the Senate are telling me, in Congress are telling me, they're telling me it's over Sunday, the latest for getting people out. Acknowledging he will leave them behind, will not be sending in any more military to assist in the effort to, to find every American there on the ground. Wow. Did you reject the effort to take back Pagram uh, Air Force Base? Well, I just listened to the military. That was the first statement. I know a lot of people. Uh, I was instructed to call on uh, uh, Kelly O'Donnell. That's gotten a lot of note all across social media. The idea his son, Bo, sadly, did die of cancer. That got a lot of comments on social media, which we were following. James was following the whole time. Um, this is a disaster. We'll have full coverage tonight on Hannity, 9 Eastern on the Fox News Channel, including President Trump will be joining us. That's all coming up then. God help our fellow Americans.